Hello, 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 everybody out there in TV channeling land, our dear friends who are our wonderful fans. Welcome to another week of TV channeling. I'm here with my good friend and co-host. Uh, co-host? Are you here? Yeah, yes, I am here, and I am so excited because we haven't done a new show in a while. And I tried to tell the powers that be in the entertainment world, could you guys go easy on us? Because we have a lot going on. It is summer, and they're all like, no dice. There's a lot going on, and we're not slowing down for you. So we have so much news to get to this week. So much news, so we're going to ask you to ride with us, ladies and gentlemen, because there is a lot that we have to talk about. <laughs> oh my god, so much news. Oh gosh. <laughs> Let's get to it, shall we? All right, so there, there's a really, really big story that's out that just broke like a couple of days ago. CBS has had, uh, the in, the media industry in general has had their woes with the sexual abuse scandals, uh, sexual assault, they've had quite a, t quite a time of it. And you would think, oh, well, it's going to start to slow down. Mm -mm, just the tip of the iceberg, because we found out that uh, a one less moon vest has now been accused of sexual misconduct over at CES. Now, if you don't know Leslie Moonves, he is the CEO of CBS. By the way, the same network that Charlie Rose was on and dismissed for sexual assault or sexual uh, misconduct and was probably one of the loudest voices in turn favor of getting rid of Charlie Rose. Well, actually, what's even more shocking was Les Moonves was also on like this committee that was about policing the entertainment uh, 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 world uh, from sexual harassment and all that kind of thing. Actually on heading one of the committees, a chairman or something. And we need to be very, I, I want to be very clear. Les Moonves is accused of a couple of things by uh, Ronan Farrow came out with a story that actually kind of broke before he was going to come out with the story. There was word of, about it. And actually the stock uh, fell on Friday so mm -hmm. much that the, the value of CBS went down by a billion dollars. Yeah, that's With right. just this... the rumors that Les Moonves was going to, there was a Ronan Farrell story coming out. Ronan Farrell released the story. It uh, had it names six women came forward. Uh, some of them uh, by name. I believe one of them is actress Donna Douglas. And we're talking about actual sexual assault. Sexual assault as well as uh, uh, being sexually harassed as well as people having their careers stomped on by this man uh that refuse women that refuse to sleep with him uh it's it's pretty shocking and um i, I just it really to me is disgusting the idea that people are tr uh that that are that powerful are using said power to you know strong arm people into having sex with them and absolutely destroying the careers of people who refuse it makes you wonder how many people actually go through with it just to basically uh, save their careers oh i'm sure there are myriads of people who go through with it because they don't want to deal with the onslaught if you think about it one of the reason that there has been this spiral of silence in hollywood and not just hollywood but in industries in general is because when you open your mouth that basically means the end for you back then because there was I'll either no way to prove it or nobody will corroborate with your story because you had something to lose. 
The people in power did not, but you did. So for some people, it was just best that they say nothing and move past it or leave the industry altogether to, you know, avoid dealing with this. So going back to Les Moonves for a minute, he draws an annual pay package of $69.3 million. Okay, so this is a man that has a lot of money and power. And on top of it, you were talking about the the um, the fall, the drop in stock price. It fell by six percent. So if that six percent is as is that much, that tells you how much CBS is worth. And it tells you how 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 people believe that he is, you know, a huge uh, part of the success of that network and so the fear that he might have to step down based on these accusations is what made the stocks plummet and um it'll be interesting interesting to see if he can weather the storm because as of now like i said before it's six women coming forward with uh, a, a a few of the six women actually saying that they were like sexually assaulted like he forced himself as far as in kissing them and, kissing. Uh, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, one of the women he uh uh, stuck his hand under her skirt during a business meeting so it it's pretty bad and um do you happen to have uh his wife julie chen host of the talk as well as uh the host of big brother uh that is his wife they've been together for i believe uh 18 years married for 14 years do you have uh her statement by any chance well i have um part of what she said so um going back before before i read her statement he said I recognize there were times decades ago where I may have made some women uncomfortable by making advances. Those were mistakes and I regret them immensely, but I always understood and respected and abided by the principle that no means no, and I have never misused my position to harm or hinder anyone's career. This is what Les Moonves said, and this is in the New York Times, okay? So now Julie Chen, as we, as you said, married to Julie Chen from it's the talk right yes the the talk talk as well as big brother host and big brother host yes she said I fully support my husband and stand by him and his statement she said this on Twitter (sighs) well okay um first of all i have a real problem with this and i am i the only one getting a real camille cosby vibe from julie chan because the question i have is how many women have to accuse your husband of sexual harassment slash sexual assault before you're all like yeah i just i need to i need to stop singing stand by your man and start singing these boots are made for walking because uh with camille cosby it was like more than 40 something women and there's there's rumors that she might be leaving him or something but the jury's still out which is amazing and with julie chen uh and and let's move that statement about like you know decades ago plural doesn't seem to be holding true as far as these women's statements because one of the women was saying how as he was on top of her she, all she could see as, as, as he was like you know forcing himself on her she was looking at a picture of him and his family and she said as much you know like you know you're you know you're, you're married and everything and that did not seem to be an issue for him uh so and also now i i should not uh go in the into the realm of uh you know what's the word i'm looking for conjecture or rumors but i'm going to anyway 
Of course. Now, one of the women who also said that she was sexually harassed by him and her career was squashed when she refused to sleep with him was a former child star. And they only named this child star, former child star's first name. And they said this former child star that uh, was going to potentially be getting a show on CBS uh, in the 90s, uh, her name or early or the early 2000s, that her name was Kimberly, her first name. Now, I'm not exactly sure who that child star was, but when I think about it, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the facts of life. So, I'm not sure who that former child star was, but if you do the math with the rumors out there, I think it could be Kim Fields. Really? Allegedly. Don't sue us. Les Moonves. I mean, because he's, again, he made $70 million last year. Yeah, he made $70 million last year, which is roughly twice as much as Tachi and I make doing this show. (laughs) I love that you're so, uh, (laughs) that you have such correct figures. Anyway. (laughs) Excellent with math. (laughs) But anyway, so that's pretty amazing if that, if, if that's the case. So I don't understand why she would release just her first name because it's like, I mean, I instantly I was like, wait a minute, are we talking about Kim Fields? Because it looks like to me the uh, math adds up because one of the things is when she was in a meeting with him, uh, not she, whoever this mystery child, former child star was, when she got a meeting with him, the first thing he said, like, you know what, uh, I'm going to get us a hotel room. And she was like, what are you talking about? I'm here for a business meeting and I'm a married woman with a child. And so he was so irate with hearing that he just stopped out of the room meeting adjourned hmm so not cool interesting so it 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 could potentially be kim Fee- we're not saying it is but we're not saying it, it is but i think that's, kim, that's the reason why she kim yeah that's the reason why she ended up on real housewives because she didn't put out with uh, uh les moonves allegedly Mm, that's a strong alleged. So we're going to leave yes, that alone. Yes, according to our attorneys, allegedly. <laughs> we're so going they're, to leave they're staring that me down right now. Allegedly. I said it repeatedly. You can't sue us. So speaking of black stars, let's talk about blackish then. And oh my God. Yeah. Yes. In, in another uh, story going on in uh, when it comes to sexual harassment, uh, Anthony Anderson, yet again, someone is coming forward accusing him of sexual assault. Yes. Yes. So the L.A. Police Department is actually investigating this. There are allegations that Blackish star Anthony Anderson assaulted a woman and he is, quote, unequivocally disputing this. In a statement, um, his representative, Cindy uh, Guagenti, I think is how you say her name, says it's unfortunate that anyone can file a police report whether it's true or false. The authorities have not contacted Anthony or any of his representatives about this matter. Anthony unequivocally disputes the claim. What, wait, so it's unfortunate that anyone can go to the police if they were attacked? <laughs> that, that is what... <laughs> that is unfortunate, Tachi. It's that unfortunate he... that she choose to, chose to uh, frame her statement that way. <laughs> Talk about this is what people nobody asked you for all the flowery language before ahead of this. Talk about what is. Yeah, his his choice of representation was unfortunate, I'd say. 
Exactly. So Anthony Anderson is 47 years old. This was first reported by the blast and the unidentified woman claimed that he assaulted her last year. Well, over a year ago after meeting him at an event that he hosted and the incident, she said, happened the second time they met to discuss future business opportunities. So apparently he's under investigation by the LAPD. The alleged victim filed a police report with the with LAPD's Hollywood division. They, that's a busy that's a busy behind department right now. Oh my god. Well, the crazy <laughs> thing to me about this is uh, uh will will Anthony Anderson be able to weather this storm because abs- honestly, I can totally see the show Blackish minus Anthony Anderson. Um uh, because to me, it would actually be a better show as in uh uh, uh Tracy Ellis Ross being a doctor uh, who's a widow trying to handle a hectic career and raise her family on her own and maybe trying to find the will to love again. That's a damn good show. I don't know about killing him off. We, I don't think we need any more shows where there is sadness attached to it. Let him cheat. Let him just yeah, be... Yeah, but, but you know what? If you do... Okay, now, I guess you could do that, but he would he, the, the character would still be alive then. I think it's a clean break if there was a drunk driver that... That's an, it's an after, you get a good after-school special episode out of it. Don't drink or don't text or drink Ugh. and drive, kids, because your dad like oh, might die like dad on Blackish did. So... But I, then I that like also the, affects Gronish, and do we really want to be dealing with that kind of grief on Gronish? Well, the, I mean, the funny thing is the 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 whole arc of the uh, last season was dealing with the fact that they were having problems in their marriage, and um, they actually separate and are living in separate houses. But at the correct. very last episode, they they get back together. So. Over the summer, could they have had even more turmoil again and they have separated and he's, in fact, moved out of town? I think it's harder if you basically just get them divorced and he's not on the show. It'll feel weird because he works here in Southern California. The character does. And they live in Southern California. The idea that we wouldn't see him, but he's off screen. They're mentioning like, oh, we just got back from dad's place and stuff like that. No. The only way to make a clean break is to kill the character off in a sudden accident that happened uh, over the sea off season and they come back and they're dealing with the aftermath or, or even they could do a time jump going like it's a year ago, you know, since your father was killed by uh, in that car accident and it's still hard for me to get past it. Something like that to me would be a perfect way to just kind of like move on to the next phase of the show. We already live in Satan's lair. Can we have something joyful to get? I just think I just think that's entirely too much, and that's just my opinion. And Wait, so you think it's a joyful thing right to have it? You have it that they, they get divorced, and we just and their father has takes well, off. Well, the and man never is still alive. Again. The man well, he's is alive, still alive, but never seeing or interacting with his children. <laughs> they can no. They not that they wouldn't interact. They could have him move. The job could move him someplace else out of state, out of out of the country. I'm I'm all down for that. But about uh, killing him off. Mm, OK, we had enough of that with Shonda Rhimes because, you know, she, <laughs> she, she doesn't believe in divorce or whatever. If you leave the show, you just have to die. Well, okay. <laughs> you don't leave cleanly. Well, speaking of that, uh, the, we still the, the jury's still out. That's just basically I'm saying what might happen if uh, this goes further and and they have to write him off the show. But you know he may survive. Speaking of surviving a scandal, let's talk about uh, the host of The Talking Dead. 
Yes. Okay. So speaking of uh, that type of thing, let's go to somebody that's uh, hosting something that's really somebody that's really dead. So go ahead. Um, you. This is your. This is your domain. Okay, so Chris go ahead. Hardwick. Um. Uh. There was a blind item posted on some random website. Uh. Uh. By a, a woman. Uh. Who was. Uh. She wasn't anonymous, but she was uh, doing a blind item about this guy that she had dated, and she talked about how abusive he was and their relationship was. Uh, mentally it wasn't physically abusive and um instantly after she posted that everybody basically did the math and said oh this is chris hardwick this woman is talking about and immediately um he was dropped uh, uh by uh amc he's the host of the talking dead and he also had a show uh talking with chris hardwick they pulled the plug on that and they temporarily removed him from the talking dead uh uh and they were said they were going to do an investigation he also had a game show that was on nbc i believe that was pulled and they're also doing some kind of internal investigation what well, was just announced that amc has concluded their investigation and they are bringing him back to do the talking dead so there was a question of like is this man's career going to be completely destroyed by this uh post by this ex-girlfriend um you know because she she said not only was now now this is going to sound really bad but i actually didn't feel like what she accused him of doing in their relationship was a fireable offense what i felt like was a fireable offense was the fact that she said that he systematically uh spoke with people in the industry to try and extinguish her career because apparently she is big into cosplay and would uh uh do lots of appearances and um basically he had he sent his minions out to to stomp on her career once they broke up and if that is true anybody that tries to destroy the career of an ex or somebody that won't have sex with them i believe like you can't hit the door fast enough as far as i'm concerned exactly that is a punishable offense definitely that's something that should end the career because i don't we talked about this before off air i don't really understand what the hell is going on in the heads of these people that it's like okay it's clear you already have power and we we know all of this is about power but the people that are doing this are like rich beyond belief and already have so we get it you're already powerful why do you then feel the need to go th- to do this and go further. Uh, yeah, I I don't get it either because when you have that kind of money, you can get the the you know the finest uh, call girls and boys that money can buy. Oh God! So <laughs> I <laughs> I mean I've read. I don't know from experience, but I've yeah, I've you, read. You, you so, sounded so, you sounded one hundred percent unequivocally sure about that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of the thirty-five plus million dollars that you and I are making on this show is going towards call anything. So, <laughs> no, I, I unequivocally no. So, well, good. That's good to know. Thanks for allaying my fears. In any case, <laughs> <laughs> so in also, any case, yeah, but uh, but anyway, so Chris Hardwick survived it with when it comes to AMC. Um, he's coming back for The Talking Dead. the The jury's still out on NBC. They've made no announcement about their internal investigation, and nor did AMC make their findings public as far as in what they found, other than the fact that he was like cleared as far as they were concerned. So what needs to happen, ladies and gentlemen? 
all of you out there that know that you have some transgressions, assaults, everything, you just need to come clean. Don't try. What? <laughs> the, the whole problem was Chris Hardwick, not Chris Hardwick, sorry, Les Moonves was like sitting there, you know, eyes moving back and forth. Yes, and I'm also going to be in charge of this committee. That, and I am livid that knowing good and damn well you had some skeletons in your closet. So don't come out and try and accuse and, and be fine and upright when you know you have skeletons in your closet. If you know this is the case, here's the thing, and this is what they say in customer service. Granted, I know this is a completely different thing. I understand. But when we talk about customer service and you've done something wrong, number one is to acknowledge the wrong. Number two is to apologize. That's what you need to do. That is exactly what you need to do. Regardless if this means an end to your career, oh the hell well, that's what you should have thought about before. You have to suffer the consequences just like anybody else would. So if you're out there and you know you have things in your closet when it comes to this, I, I suggest you come out and say it now because if we find it out without you telling, it's going to be worse. Okay, you know what? I can't agree with you on this one because look at someone like Bill Cosby. Mm -hmm. How many women came forward? And that man is still saying that he didn't do anything to anybody. And what's even more shocking is he still has supporters who believe that there is some kind of uh, vendetta against Bill Cosby and people are trying to destroy his reputation. Yeah, no, I understand that. I'm not saying the women. I'm saying the individuals who have done that. So had less moon. Oh, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, no, I understand what you were saying. And I'm saying that if someone like Bill Cosby, after just an avalanche of women of from decades and decades from all, basically every decade that we, our parents and grandparents have been alive. This man has been accused of sexually assaulting women and he's still like, nope, didn't do anything. And there are still people who are willing to believe it. Which is more shocking. I think that's why the people keep saying, well, that's why people just will do, we've, we're living in the age of denying things that are obviously true. I won't say who I think is, you know, the leader of this, but I will say their home address, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So there wow. are a lot of people that will basically believe what some people say, no matter all the uh, evidence to the contrary, and even footage of recordings and videos of these people basically saying things and then denying they said them. And there are people like, oh, you know what? I'm going to basically, uh, you know, not believe my eyes and ears. I will believe you. The bottom line is, though, be that as it may, you need to come clean because there are going to be repercussions. Nobody ever thought that Weinstein would be toppled. Nobody. So there will be repercussions, whether or not there's a whole army. It doesn't matter that Cosby has an army of people that still believe they're just trying to take him down. The point is he's done. He's finished. So even if there are people that believe, you still don't have a career anymore. Though it may not be to the uh, full, full extent that we would like to see, you're done. So it's best for you to come out and say something and then attempt to rehabilitate. Don't just come out and keep denying and then, well, that was back then. No, you need to show that you're truly remorseful and you need to rehabilitate. Whether that means counseling, whether that means um, rehab, whatever that is. 
So with uh, okay, that, well, sp- speaking of career rehabilitation, we've got to talk about uh, uh, James Gunn, who uh, this past week was fired as the director and writer of Guardians of the Galaxy um, after some tweets that he uh, did. 10 plus years ago were uh unearthed uh they were basically uh uh he got into some kind of dispute with some uh right-wing media figure who had a problem with his uh stance on the current president uh whose name i don't remember right now but anyway uh and so these these uh tweets we're not going to even go into them because they were pretty reprehensible they were disgusting but the question i have about this situation is this Disney, the parent company that, you know, uh, uh, that owns uh, ABC that recently fired Roseanne from her self-titled show. They have since rebooted the show and it's going to be called The Connors and it'll be on this fall. It's going to be coming on premiering in October. So the question is, they hired Roseanne knowing that she had said racially insensitive that's the best spin you could put on it versus just straight up racist. Also posed for pictures dressed as Hitler with burned cookies that look like, you know, Jewish refugees. So they they thought that was cool. But they hired James Wait, Gunn. wait, wait. I'm sorry. Before you get into that, I'm a little disturbed. I know about the the Hitler thing, but she had burned cookies? Yeah, the, if you look at the images, there, there, there's pictures that she has gingerbread men and women that are burned. And so some say, and I think those some are people with eyes uh, that work, <laughs> <laughs> that have working vision. Stevie Wonder might not agree, but everybody else who's seen these images, Ooh, like these draws. cookies were basically supposed to look like, you know, burned refugees. She's taking them from the oven. Yeah, otherwise, why would you Why would you have... What you would know be what? the point yeah. of Hitler baking gingerbread exactly. cookies that are burned other than to make a joke about him burning people alive, which he did? She's racist. She can listen to this all day long and threaten... She's racist. Insensitive is not... She's racist. Okay, my... Our, our, our attorneys are looking at me. They're glaring and Let allegedly... Let them glare. Look, I will take the fall allegedly. for this one. Race... Oh, there's no alleged. There is no alleged. That is racism. Okay, but my point is this. That was out there when ABC rebooted Roseanne. So they're letting James Gunn go for tweets he did that were supposed to be jokes that were they weren't racial, but they were um, uh, there were like jokes about pedophilia uh, uh, and um, other things that were insensitive, uh, to say the least. Um, and so the jokes were horrible. I'm not saying they're not, they, the tweets weren't, but they were more than 10 years ago. So what I, if they could get past Roseanne with, you know, dressed as Hitler, they're going to hold, they're going to, they're going to fire James Gunn for stuff that he said 10 plus years ago. Doesn't, I don't, my mind, I'm not getting, uh, how that makes any sense. Well, I am because there's no such thing as a three strikes policy anymore. They may have let it go with Roseanne, but what's clear is that the public is not going to let these things go whenever there is a problem. So it's not going to be, oh, well, we gave Roseanne, Roseanne two chances. We're going to give you two chances too. No, there's a zero tolerance policy when it comes to the, it, this insensitive insensitivities now because of the climate we live in. There's no time to give you a second chance. That's 
that's too damn bad. You should have been fine and upright in the first place. And those jokes, yeah, absolutely were terrible and they're horrible, but there's no such thing. Well, because we gave Roseanne a chance, second chance, we're going to give you one. No, that's done. Well, anyway, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this guy's career. If he rebounds and uh, ends up somewhere else and they look past the tweets, uh, you know, uh, or if uh, quietly time passes and uh, ABC or Disney ends up rehiring him to write and direct something in the future after the heat, you know, is off uh, from this latest controversy. People, Twitter is not a diary (laughs) okay (laughs) it is not a diary you cannot say dear diary and nobody will say it even if you put it up and take it down be for damn sure it still exists this is what i don't get folks even if you put something up and you take it away it is still there it is if you don't believe if you don't believe us ask joy reed i don't understand what people how people don't understand how the internet works that you can yeah you can take something down but uh it's still out there in cyberspace and it can be found it is very simple very it's a very simple concept folks and i urge you to get it and think about that before you tweet the next time and here's the thing you need to be able i uh, this is the interesting thing about okay social media i can't remember her name but there's like a social media strategist and i saw her at social media week miami And one of the things that she said is that whatever you put out there, tweet or whatever on social media, you should be proud of it. Even I guess if it's deplorable, you better stand behind it. Well, the funny thing is, I think a lot of people, especially when they're trying to stand out, and if you're a comedian or think of yourself as funny, a lot of people will try to be shocking and edgy um, and... uh, when you when you're edgy or you can easily go over the edge very easily mm-hmm. and um, edge it's, yourself it's, right off the damn edge exactly or cut yourself on that edge so it's it's amazing how many people try to do that and i think the reason why my i have questions about the whole james gunn thing is and i can't remember what celebrity it was but he did have some celebrity defenders and the question was that yes, one of them um, posed selma, selma blair yes she both basically posed kind of the question if you basically want people to do better and be better. If somebody basically becomes better, is it is it fair to pull something that they did over a decade ago and use that to basically, you know, hold that against them now? Because what is the encouragement of people like stop being, you know, for lack of a better word, a dick if you, you stop being a dick and then decades later, like, wait a minute, you were a dick 10 years ago. So we're going to hold that against you now. Now that. OK, so that is. That is fair. So then you also have to you even though even though that Roseanne ind- individual has always done stupid stuff with that same standard then hold to her with that in terms of okay they knew she had done the uh the singing of the flag thing, singing of the flag the song and disrespect they knew that she did the Hitler thing. So if you're using this for James um, Gunn. Gunn. Why was I going to call him James Carr? James Gunn. Would you not hold that yeah, but the, but same the, standard oh, to? Yes, but the difference is, to me, the the the, the Hitler uh, the photo shoot was not ten years ago, ten plus years ago. That was not that long ago. That's the difference. We're talking about we're talking about distance as far as time. So if you well, know, how long ago was that thing that she did? 
Okay, I don't have uh, the notes on exactly when the photo shoot was, was, but it was not uh, like 10 plus years ago, like the James Gunn thing goes. And okay, so even my if point, it was two years ago. But my, but my point is this, Tachi. If they didn't have a problem with those pictures were out there, the racist statements that she made uh alleged racist statements that she made um about god it was it was somebody rice that she made the statements for before she made the valley valerie jared statement oh yeah she made a statement about her and comparing her to an ape as well and so the abc was like disney was like sign her up they were cool with that and they 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 didn't have any issue nor did they make any kind of statement and i have one other thing to say about the roseanne thing and uh our attorneys are going to be happy with me about saying this but I have a real problem with this Roseanne reboot because AB and Di- ABC and Disney said that they would not go forward if Roseanne profited from this reboot. Anybody with half a brain who doesn't have to have a law degree but has ever watched a show or ever uh, that contains a lawyer or ever seen a picture of a lawyer could figure out there is no way that you can do a show that has characters on it from the show that Roseanne created and not pay her anything. There's no way. And so there was a buyout. She did make money off of this reboot. And so people need to be aware. If you have a real problem with what Roseanne did, if you watch that show, The Connors, you are lining this woman's pocket. I don't care what anybody says. And I hope that the media basically stays on this and we get real numbers about how much money this woman already got paid for a buyout and how much money she will continue to make on the syndication rights uh, from the from the Connors and each episode, subsequent episode's original airing. I hope that, that people don't forget that. Well, not from me because I'm not watching the rubbish. Anyway. All right. <laughs> okay, I'll just, let me just move this soapbox out of the way and we can continue the show. Thank you, right? Can we step down off of the soapbox? That was, that, this has been the Soapbox Half Hour brought to you by XYZ TV Soap. channeling. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on. I think this is interesting. Off of um, a, a, a distasteful woman onto somebody who was fantastic. You have... Uh, some interesting news about Princess Leia, do you not? Oh my God. All right. Now, for those of you who are Star Wars fans, there was a real question and a sad question when, uh, uh, at the uh, end of uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. The question is, what was going to happen with the character Princess Leia, um, you know, after we, you know, lost, uh, oh my God, I'm spacing right now. The actress, uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. After we lost Carrie Fisher, what was going to happen? Because uh, they had, uh, she had not started filming episode three. Um, so, what? Uh, not episode three. The third in the trilogy, um, uh, Star Wars: Force Awakens, and then uh, part two, which was Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So, what were they going to do? And I thought they were going to kill her character off in uh, the uh, Last Jedi, but they did not. And so what was going to happen. So it was just announced by J.J. Abrams, who I believe is writing and directing the uh, last in this particular Star Wars trilogy, that, uh, in fact, 
uh, uh, Carrie Fisher and uh, uh, Princess Leia will be in the third and final movie in this particular trilogy, and they will. She will not be a CGI character, and the character will not be recast. They actually have some unseen footage that uh, they filmed for the second in the trilogy that they're going to be able to repurpose and they're uh they're saying that they want to give her uh, her character a proper send-off so we will see her as well as the original landau calrissian billy d williams oh colt 45 Malt Liquor Billy D. Williams. Well, yeah, that, so it's going to good it's, news. That's yeah, good news. Yeah, so for Star I Wars really fans. am looking forward to the the next Star Wars and seeing how they do because I was really thinking like how how are they going to be able to do this? So it'll be really interesting. And I did not want some CGI character because there was a CGI young Princess Leia in uh, Star Wars uh, uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and it was straight up disturbing people. <laughs> that. That, that, I'm that sorry, CGI I was a little disturbed by the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that particular character, the, the CGI'd young uh, Princess Leia looked hella crazy. You're, I'm, just, I'm, I'm still having nightmares. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I. Um, what I'm interested to see is not just the... They've got to make this thing with Leia and Billy Dee Williams... Billy no. D. Williams. <laughs> exactly. They've got to make it more than just a nostalgia thing. They still need a solid story, and they're still kind of reeling from the underwhelming performance of um, what was it? Solo. Yeah, Solo, a Star Wars story. A well, Star I think Wars the, the, the but the the main the main stories have continued to do well. They had very high hopes for the, the to try and have a, the spinoff of all the Solo and Landau Calrissian's like you know young adventures, but it made money. But the the budget on it was outrageous. So the question, but I, the problem is, there's too many Star Wars movies coming out too close together you have the main yes. the the main trilogy and you have all these side stories so now they finally figured out what they should have just known if they listened to our show is that you're diluting you're diluting the the, the same thing that's happening with all these superhero things there's just too many superhero movies and the idea that each one can be a record breaking a breaking blockbuster everything can't be black panther so um everything yeah. is not going to be black panther and my thing is oh i'm sorry i was just so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> i was so excited everything can't be black panther and what i don't think they realize i think they realize but they don't care is that you cannot get you cannot build anticipation if you're flooding the market with these characters all the time. Sometimes it's like, yeah, we need a little bit now. Not the Game of Thrones like Kevin <laughs> Kevin will tell you about in terms of a length of time. But we need a little bit of time to digest what has just happened with these characters. And even though we're, you know, wanting to read, you have to remember, it's not a comic book. 
It's not a, it's not a comic. This is a movie. You need to space these out and have a little bit of time. You can't keep, I mean, how many movies did Marvel have out at the same damn time? Oh, it's insane. And with the Star Wars thing, we're getting like two Star Wars movies a year versus no, what we get. What We used to get a Star Wars movie every few years. Every few years. And, and mm-hmm. we would be so excited because it was just like, oh my God, we're going to get another one. And, and, and then the anticipation, the build, how can we miss you if you won't go away? Exactly. Because I really don't miss you because I just saw you. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't miss it. I just saw it's like, you know how you have the like uh, the boyfriend or the girlfriend who like calls you all the time and they're always up underneath you. You don't have time to miss them. Now, some people like that. Some people are cool with that. I am the type of person where I'm like, OK, I'm good if you don't call me every day. I'm OK. We well, apparently like that you know what day. Marvel is stalking you, Tachi, because they're not gonna la- they're not gonna give you a minute to miss them because they Ex- are exactly. everywhere, all the time. In fact, when Comic Con, uh, we were talking privately about some of the trailers that came out, like Shazam and Aquaman, which honestly I don't understand how you can make Aquaman cool, but I think they have found a way, which is amazing. But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's too well because it's money. At the end of the day, they're trying to make money. They've seen they've seen that these movies have done well, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna capitalize and ride this wave until it won't ride anymore." Don't don't. Well, the wheels are the wheels are getting wobbly, and I think they could be falling off because <laughs> like it's just, a radio flyer wagon. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, and we have Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is coming up. There's just so we not only do you have like with both of the franchises, they're doing the exact same thing. You have the Avengers franchise where you have the group together, and then each member of the group gets their own movie where a couple of the movies the a couple of the people from the avengers movie show up and there's new there's new superheroes that show up and then those superheroes also get their own spin-off movies and they're doing the same thing now with uh with uh the justice league and we got wonder woman having her own movie we got superman versus batman uh in the same universe we've got the uh we got suicide squad suicide squad 2 We've got uh, now uh, we're going to have Aquaman, which, again, is cool. I have to uh, again, I know how they did that, but it gets it's too many. Speaking of that, also Teen Titans, there's going to be a live action Teen Titan movie. So it's a lot. It's too much. It's too much. Um, Yeah, maybe for some it's not, because if you think about it, you have the same audiences but you're going to get slightly different audiences. So let's take, for example, Black Panther. The special thing about Black Panther is, while there is a huge segment of the population of um, African-American slash black people that are really into cosplay and comics and sci-fi, you uh, the general population may not be. But because it was a movie that had such a stellar cast, you got general audiences who would not go see Marvel movies anyway to see it so you've got some very specific audiences when you go to each different franchise Wonder oh Woman, no no that, that, that go ahead that's absolutely true tachi but the question is when we have black panther 6 coming out as well as the spinoff where the <sighs> others where the other warrior women they basically have their own movies um and then you have uh, the what's that gadget girl's name in uh in uh uh in black, uh, panther? black panther shuri I'm, yeah, when she has her own spinoff movies, and she and that's on the and they're on the fourth one of those. Will they each be making the same amount of money as the first Black Panther? My guess is no. 
Well, as long as they have potato raisins in the potato salad, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, where the hell did that come from? You did not see the uh, the, the Saturday Night Live skit where Chadwick Boseman was hosting Saturday Night Live, and they did the one skit. You did? Did you see? It was um the they do this family was it family not Family Feud Jeopardy Black Jeopardy. And <laughs> no, I did not see that. Chadwick Boseman was on Black Jeopardy as Black Panther. And so, you know, usually the answers to the things are like stereotypically black. Okay, fine. But the funny thing is, because Chadwick Boseman was supposed to be, you know, is Black Panther, King T'Challa. He was from Wakanda. He didn't understand the way certain things worked. So he was answering everything wrong until it got to this. And then they were like... All right, King T'Challa said, okay, I think I understand this game now. (laughs) (laughs) And he was saying about uh, um, what is it? The answer is such and such wants to bring um, wants to bring potato salad to the cookout. (laughs) The answer is supposed to be hell no. But he, he didn't get it up until then. And he said, okay, I think I understand this game now. Usually, okay, your what? your your impression of him is uncanny. I'm, I'm not gonna even I'm not gonna even question how many hours a day you've practiced that. Well, remember, I'm African, even though West African. But <laughs> so he said. So the, the what happens is that people will bring things with unnecessary ingredients, like. Raisins and potato salad. <laughs> okay, all right. So that's where that came from. So when you said that, I was like, raisins and potato salad. I just had to say that. Watch the, <laughs> watch the skit. It's hilarious. Okay. The, now, for the record, the, 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 the tangent on this episode belongs to Tachi, not Kevin. Damn straight. And I'm proud of my tangent. Moving on. <laughs> all right, what's going on? What's, uh, what else is going on in the news? Okay, so let's talk about reboot news. We know this is not a new thing. Reboot Madness has been going on for quite some time, for a few seasons now. But for some reason, now seems like it's the time to that it's really jumping and happening. Okay, and this is why. I think it's because of the types of shows and the individuals attached to it. So let's go with the first one. So if I say to you, tossed salad and scrambled eggs, what do you say? Um, let's see. Could it be one Fraser Crane? Oh, Mr. Doctor, actually. Fraser Crane. Which I never understood how things kind of switched once he left Cheers. But anyway, yes, Dr. Fraser Crane is going Fraser is going to be rebooted and it's interesting. So you you probably you know that this is gonna be a reboot. You've already heard this. Yeah, and- that, that he's in he's been in talks with CBS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. So, but we also, this is the interesting thing. We also know that uh, Kelsey Grammer is a conservative person politically. So in keeping with that, a rebooted Frasier would probably be a white-collar Roseanne. Yeah, so the rumor is that uh, potentially uh, Fraser Crane would be a Trump supporter. So I guess they're trying to get, uh, they're hoping to get some of the success that uh, Roseanne got. Uh, but the funny thing about Roseanne's success, we all talk about, it, and it was the highest rated uh, sitcom of the year. Each week, the ratings went down. 
uh, unlike the the phenomenal success that uh, that Empire initially had, where it kept building week after week after week when it was, you know, in, over the first uh, 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 two seasons. Roseanne, each episode did worse than the one before it. So the idea that if you have Frasier be a, you know, uh, Voldemort supporter, as we like to call him, um, that that, that's going to instantly mean ratings gold for him. Will uh, only time will tell. It it will be interesting to see, because here's the thing. This was the also the draw of that Roseanne. And yes, I said that Roseanne. The draw of the show was that she was also blue collar. Remember, it spoke to the, quote, heartland of America to the to middle America, to the population of the audience or the segment of the audience that ordinarily was not addressed when you saw things on TV. So Fraser Crane is different. He's educated. He is, if not not necessarily wealthy, but he's, you know, at least well off. He's he lives in a different world than what Roseanne does. Just yeah, because but I, but he I, supports I, um that ma- that individual does that mean that that will resonate with that segment of the audience because he's totally unlike them well again that these people that are supporting somebody who sits on a golden throne and puts their own name on everything so if they can support that person um then this uh, this this also the same person who on national television and a debate said that the wages in the united states were too high these same blue collar people not only supported this person but also bought hats uh of this man who's pro-america that were not made in this country and they had no problem with that they they supported him so why wouldn't they support uh, a a well-off doctor who supports that same person that they're supporting that shares none of the values that they share because fraser crane is an intellectual there's an anti-intellectual movement in this country if you look at it the person that lives at 1600 pennsylvania avenue is far from an intellectual he doesn't even have common sense. So intellectualism is not something we can connect with him. Yeah, so. but I think it still comes down to the fact that they would support anything that supports him. So it's just enough that they're, that he's being supported by the Fraser Crane character would be enough for them to be on that team. Now, okay. the question is... Who else would be on the on the Fraser Crane reboot? Would it just be Fraser Crane with a whole new cast? Because the actor who played his father, I believe his name was he John passed Malone. away. Yeah. He's passed away, mm-hmm. and passed my away, guess is uh, Eddie. Ed, my guess year. is Eddie isn't around any longer either. And so, would his brothers, uh, with uh, the uh, uh, Miles, would he be back on the show? Would uh, uh, Miles's wife Daphne be back on the show, or would he be in a completely new uh, situation? Because at the end of the original Frasier show, Frasier actually left Seattle and was moving to a new city, right. chasing after a woman that he met to, to start a new life. And so the, what would be the new situation? Would he have like a foil? Would they have the tension that they were they, they had on Roseanne with Roseanne versus her sister and I guess the rest of her family that were not Trump supporters? Um, you know, that's the question. Interesting. So it, it, when you look at this, this would have been the third iteration in this, because remember, Frazier's character was originally started on Cheers and they were in Boston at the time. OK, so then. 
he leaves he they get divorced or whatever then but they kind of read they don't stay with that same storyline once it becomes Frasier per se so then now he's in Seattle right so now this would be the third move so it could be an interesting third move because I believe that he's now in San Francisco I think yeah, I haven't heard yeah. what the new situation would be, but he definitely was leaving Seattle for a new situation oh. at the end because it was actually Chicago, uh, back- I think. Actually, Chicago. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was actually a backdoor pilot. The mm-hmm. hope was that Frazier was going to come back for like a 12th or 13th season at the time uh, with a new situation and only Kelsey Grammer was going to remain. The whole cast besides him was going to be new uh, and um, it did not work out. It did not get picked up. Yeah, well, in any case, it doesn't seem like something I'm interested in. But okay, you know, I'm sure for people who loved Frasier in the 90s and they are wanting to see this happen. Here's here's the difference. Here's the difference now. When you talk about the Roseanne reboot and you look at something like this, there was no real mention of politics when it came to these things. So oh, no, these shoes yeah, were it apolitical. So yeah. you had no clue whether or not they were Republican or Democrat. I mean, maybe you could postulate, but politics were not discussed. That's that. That's the thing. So now you're going out of your way to say that they're conservative because somehow uh, conservative voices think that they have been squashed from the populace, um, which is to me doesn't make too much of sense because if if the shows are aiming to be apolitical anyway that kind of means they're not discussing politics and you're not seeing that reflected in the show so i don't know where they came up with that but in any case i i don't know how well this will bide uh, for the long haul yeah you may get a few you know these people initially they're yeah yeah they're speaking for our voice or whatever but how long is that going to last how long are they going to stick with you through that well, time will tell. But that's not the end of the reboot news. What no. else is going on? More reboot news. Uh, if I say to you, uh, guessing game day, moving on up to the east side to a deluxe apartment in the sky, what would you tell me? Oh, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I would tell you that that is a spinoff from the original on the family, the Jeffersons. Great. Just looking out of the window, watching the asphalt grow. Quick, who's that? Oh, good times. There you go. <laughs> and then the other two didn't just didn't have theme song. They had theme music, not songs. Oh, uh, uh, no, boy, uh, uh, boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs oh, that's that true. made the hit parade. That's true. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. If I keep singing, I'm going to have to pay. Exactly. Those were the days. <laughs> that's true. I forgot. They did do that because, in, well, in the, at first, and then in the later ones, they just used the theme music. So, well, that, no, that was the, the theme music died as when the uh, uh, Archie Bunker's wife, Edith Bunker, died. And the new sh- the show came back as Archie Bunker's place. Place. The, mm-hmm. they, they did no longer have the, because that was a duet. They sang that song together at the Correct. piano in the opening of the show. And uh, when Gene Stapleton left the show, that's when the show, uh, the situation, and as well as the name of the show changed. And it was just an instrumental version of the song. Exactly. That I remember. Okay. So uh, we're saying all of this nonsense to tell you <laughs> that there are going to be a bunch of Norman Lear reboots from All in the Family to the Jeffersons, Good Time and Good Times and Maude. They are all up for reboot. 
this man here's 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 the thing this man is 96 years old is not showing any signs of stopping and he has a new deal with sony pictures tv it's a new two-year first look packed and it um, includes options to restage all of the reboots i told you including including so those four but plus mary hartman mary hartman and some others i used to like mary hartman mary hartman Oh, that this is insane! The the amount that this man has going on because he also currently already has a hit show, uh, in production on Netflix, the mm-hmm. reboot of one of his other classic hits, One Day, one at, day a at a time. time. Yep. So they, I guess, they looked at the success of that and they thought, like, well, he did that. He can basically reboot some of these other classic shows. But the question to me is, what are these rebooted versions of sh- classic shows like The Jeffersons on the All in the Family going to look like? To me, the all the one, the only one that seems to seem like an absolute no brainer would be All in the Family because All the, Archie Bunker was a you know you know who supporter before you know who existed uh because you know he was uh constantly saying things that were straight up racist uh and he was a sexist and a bully so this i mean he's he's made uh for people who think that that's a good person to be your leader of your country so you can have him and his uh he his bane of his existence was his liberal son-in-law and his daughter so you could have that dynamic today with a, a new Archie Bunker supporting uh, Voldemort, and then you would have a liberal uh, son-in-law and daughter uh, living in the same house because that a lot of millennials are still living at home uh, deep into adulthood. So that's on trend. And um, they could be like Bernie supporters or something. And the fun would ensue as they you know, have verbal sparring matches week in, week out. But the question I have about that is we have so much going on in the world and in the news right now that we're fatigued from when we're watching like comedy shows. Do we want to see more of this, you know, sparring or and and between our family and friends? A lot of us that may have family members or people we care about that don't exactly jive up with us politically. Do we want to watch that for uh, as part of our entertainment or do we want to escape that? Because I, for one. I love late night talk shows, but honestly, with every single, uh, you know, uh, monologue being about, you know, who and what's happening in the country and the and the latest thing to destroy our Clean Water Act and stuff like that happening, you know, it's just like, do I want to go to sleep hearing about all the crap that's going on in our country? No. So the question is, will people in mass want to watch these kinds of things especially if there's going to be more than one of them we're going to have like this uh, potentially as well as you know uh uh voldemort loving fraser crane uh, it's it's going to be a lot and it'll be interesting to see if people are want to sign up for that on a weekly basis this will it will be very intriguing to see because number one this would also mean the rebirth of the sitcom if you look in recent years the single comma the single drama single camera excuse me dr- uh, comedy has really taken over television and so you have sitcom obviously the big bang theory and some others but by and large we're talking about single camera uh, comedies that have really taken over so something like this could mean the return of that three camera sitcom or or something to that effect or maybe they will reimagine how they're going to shoot it maybe it won't be in the traditional sitcom uh, 
format. Maybe they will well, my, look at single camera and see what they can do with that. My guess is that it's going to be the three camera because the, the 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 benefit of three camera is that it's so much cheaper to produce than a uh, filmed show. So that's the one of the benefits. And also, Big Bang Theory is a three camera classic sitcom. It is not a filmed show. It has a live audience, and you get a, like an incredibly annoying loud laugh track. And if you've ever seen the Big Bang Theory, you know that people are not laughing at those jokes. I've been to the set of the Big Bang Theory, so yes, yeah. So well, I mean, it's not that it's, it is cheaper to produce, but it's not necessarily any different because remember the formats are all the same now. It's not like they're using celluloid versus um, no. It film. is they're it all... is cheaper because it takes longer. It only takes a few days. Uh, it... The the schedule to do a three camera show the first day Monday they do like a table read, then Tuesday they do like a blocking. Well, no, I know this. You, you know, understand. I come from this world. I understand that, and it is it is cheaper to do because it takes cheaper longer by, because you have to do it's cheaper per episode because you have to do several takes with the one camera show definitely but the thing is there's a certain look that one camera gives that you don't get from three camera and then vice versa so it will be interesting to see if they think about well what if we re reimagine it this way to make it fresh and current because three camera you know works but fresh and current is single camera so it will well, be interesting willing, to see if they're going to do that i'm willing to bet I'm willing to bet that they're going to be three camera classically shot shows because they're so much cheaper to produce. I will I'm be stunned sure. if any of these reboots end up being film shows. Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman might. So, but that, that, okay, so this is Yeah, the, so the, the original thing. Mary Hartman was not shot in front of a live audience. So the, you're right, no, they might, they might uh, do that. Okay, one so, other uh hold, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just, I, I got to get this in. <laughs> I got to get this in, Kevin. I know you. So um, I, I want to know from you, I have a question from you in terms of, yeah, all in the family, but what do you think they could do with something like the Jeffersons or Good Times? And I'm interested because you were talking about this before with the Jeffersons. Well, the Jeffersons, honestly, I, I, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out what they would do in a reboot of the Jeffersons because they tried to the, the parallel to the Jeffersons was a spinoff of On the Family. And the idea was that George Jefferson was kind of a black version of Archie Bunker. He was also bigoted and kind of homophobic and backwards and was ruled his roost with an iron fist. And he was kind of a buffoon, even though he was a successful businessman. And that was one of the banes of Archie Bunker was the idea that this black man was so much more successful than he was and so successful that he moved on up uh, from next door to George Jefferson to a deluxe apartment in the sky. Uh -uh. So, <laughs> so rebooting it, the, one of the things was the, uh, their, the, the upstairs neighbor was a biracial couple. Um, uh, Roxy Roker was the, was, uh, uh, the, the black or African American wife and she had a white husband and they had a daughter that ended up falling in love with, uh, George Jefferson's son. And so he would do a lot of jokes about their biracial coupleness and, and do zebra jokes, things that I don't think would fly today but you know what anything's possible in 2018 um so maybe they would fly but um to me what i would do to try and re refresh it maybe would be to make 
that couple of uh, his uh, son's girlfriend, instead of a biracial heterosexual couple, make them either a biracial lesbian couple or gay couple. That might be a way to kind of uh, uh, blow some of the cobwebs off of the original concept. But honestly, I have no idea. Now, they could actually make the Jeffersons, uh, but they might change their last name, obviously. They can make them Hispanic. That's possible as well. They could. I need them to stay black, though, because that would... (laughs) No, no, seriously. Seriously. I think that changes the whole dynamic of it, because when you talk about them being Hispanic, that also comes, even though Hispanics are Americans, too, but that also comes with a whole different set of cultures, and which which could be interesting, but he's already doing that with um, one day at a time. One day at a time. So leave, leave the Jeffersons as is, I would say. But one other thing, good times. This came to me. Because I don't know if you've been to Chicago lately, but the last time I was in Chicago, the buildings that they were supposed to live in, in uh, Cabrini Green, the uh, project, that that's torn down now completely. There was one building left the last time I went to Chicago, and I think it's torn down. So now they have a lot of mixed use and there's a lot of gentrification. I And I know at the end of good times, they finally got out to the ghetto, as they like to say. So, But I think that looking at the whole concept of gentrification in there would be could be something interesting. So just putting that out there. Yeah, I have I, the question would be even if it would be the same situation, they could be they, they could be poor and struggling, but they wouldn't have to necessarily be living in a housing project. They could be living somewhere in the deep south. They wouldn't may, may, may not even be in the city anymore. They could be more in a rural setting. That's the whole idea of a reboot is to try and take something and completely and refresh it. They could move them to New York. They can move them to L.A. They may, they may not necessarily still be in Chicago. Interesting. Interesting. So okay, one uh, one other reboot thing that has to be mentioned is because the reboots just keep on coming because apparently an original idea is something that they refuse to reboot. Um, Charlie's Angels is being rebooted, Mm -hmm. but this time it's going to be because remember it was a TV show about like five or six years ago. They rebooted it again on ABC, and Bosley was like a young hot Latino guy, but it was around for fifteen minutes. 16 minutes tops and that got at the axe well it's coming back again but this time as a movie and um uh if you're a fan of uh of uh the uh, what do you call the the vampire what were those vampires uh Oh, uh, Twilight, uh, Twilight, Twilight. If, if you're a fan Twilight. of t- uh, Twilight, uh, uh, Kristen uh, Stewart is going to be uh, uh, one of the angels in this movie reboot. Uh, and what's really interesting is uh, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Banks, Banks. I believe. Elizabeth yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Banks is actually going to be one of the producers and directors, and she's going to be Bosley as part of the reimagining. Interesting. Yeah. I so I, I, all I all I'm hoping for in this in this new ver- movie version of Charlie's Angels, please. No more, you know, no more flying karate kicks. I can't, no, no hidden tiger, a flying tiger, hidden angel. No, no, <laughs> no wires. Crouching no wires. angel, hidden. <laughs> no, no hidden angel. <laughs> crouching tiger, hidden angel. No, I don't need to see that. Well, okay. I don't know if this is enough to make me go and see it. I'm not necessarily interested, but okay. For whoever is 
um, interesting. Well, the crazy they thing about it. rebooting the uh, the uh, the original idea of Charlie's Angels, unless they make it a period piece, I need to say this. The original idea of Charlie's Angels was kind of genius because it took place in the 70s, a time when women weren't taken seriously when it came to jobs in law enforcement. And so the premise was that there were these women that were super competent that went into the police academy and became police officers, but they were forced into jobs like being a meter maids and crossing guards. And they weren't appreciated for the what they actually brought to the table. And there was some unseen super rich man who thought like, these women have it going on. I'm going to put them out of this drudgery of being crossing guards and I'm going to put them in bikinis to go undercover as swimsuit models to solve murders. Because one thing I will say about the angels, the murders always took place in sexy places. Oh my God. One of the Victoria's Secret models have been murdered. Girls are going to have to go undercover as Victoria's Secret models. Oh my God. There's been a, there's been a murder at the roller disco. You're going to have to sexily dress as roller disco stars and you're going to have to solve that murder. Oh my God. God, there's been a murder uh, at the at the bikini design expo. Oh my God, we're gonna have to dress in bikinis and solve another murder. So yeah, not the bikini design expo. I thought that <laughs> yeah. would be three of murders. It was shocking. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but you, what you what you said is absolutely true. That there that puts a different spin on it. So I yeah I I'm not there for the flying uh, theatrics either. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll see. So moving on from reboots and angels and, and the like, let's talk about just as a quick piece of news. Have you heard about Kenya Barris? No, I have not. What's going on with him? So if for those of you who don't know, Kenya Barris is actually the creator of Blackish. I actually had a chance to meet him and he's really super nice. So he is uh, with ABC Studios and he's one of the most prolific comedy creators there right now. And he's leaving his overall pact with ABC Studios a little over a year into his four year term. So it's not really confirmed, confirmed, but Apparently, he's getting a rich pact at Netflix, according to Deadline Hollywood. So his overall deal with ABC Studios is going to terminate in August, but he will stay on as executive producer of his shows Blackish on ABC, Grownish, and the upcoming Besties on Freeform. And he'll continue to work at ABC Studios project on these projects uh, that he has in development. So... Excuse me. Let's 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 talk about this. Netflix again wooing somebody from the ABC camp away because remember they just wooed Miss Shonda Rhimes over there and she's got this four-year deal and it's like it's gonna be end up being more than a hundred million but it you know it they wooed her for a hundred million. They wooed Ryan Murphy over from FX. And these are hit makers for these networks. So this, you know what? If these networks weren't sitting up and paying attention to Netflix before, I suggest you get fine and upright and wear a back brace because Netflix is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, well, also, I believe that uh, when the Emmy um, uh, nominees were announced that uh, for the first time, Netflix had more nominations than anyone else. Yes, Yes, yes. So if they weren't paying attention before, they need to pay attention now. And this is the funny thing. The industry always does this. They're like, oh, Netflix, they just send out DVDs. You know, same thing Blockbuster did. They like underestimated their power. And this is when these smaller at the time, you know, it was smaller. These companies come in and swoop in and and take market share and they get people because they're 
They're doing innovative things. That's another thing because traditional networks don't like to take chances. And I understand because it's dealing with money. But when you don't take chances, this is when you end up with the same old, same old, and it may not work out for you. Hiring and, and being with Shonda Rhimes, that was obviously taking a chance because her programming was so different from what they had done before. Uh, and of course, they had um, Grey's Anatomy, so they knew that she did well with that. So all these other things like the scandals, etc., that's taking a chance. That's, you know, taking a chance. But when you get stuck in the same old, same old, somebody's going to come in and swoop some of swoop up some of your folks. <laughs> yeah, the, the swooping continues. And the swooping continues. So, yeah, Ken, that's the uh, news that Kenya Barris is going to be wooed over to Netflix. But, of course, he's still the things he has in development at ABC are going to remain. So I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And speaking of people who have been wooed over to Netflix, let's talk about one of Ryan Murphy's hits of the summer. Let's talk about Pose, a show that was reviewed here on TV channeling. Absolutely. So, Kevin, why don't you kind of start us off? Well, uh, the the real news when it comes to the eight-episode first season of uh, Pose is the fact that that's exactly what it was, the first season. The It's going to get a second season. So it was announced that we're going to get a season two of Pose, which is incredible. Because who would have thought that a show that's about transgender women of color in the mid 80s would not only be a hit but shockingly much to my surprise the feel good hit of the summer because yes. there's been there's been so much dark stuff when it comes to TV and movies this show was kind of a light in fact a lot of people have been comparing this show shockingly uh, until you actually see it then it's not so shocking uh to this is us because at the core the show is about family. Yes. Not the family you're born to, but the family you create. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the whole thing is this concept of the family you create. It's not just, you know, obviously this was a huge thing. And, and I've been reading into this. First of all, let me go back. I absolutely loved Paris is Burning. I've been obsessed with ballroom culture and ball culture ever since seeing Paul, uh, Paris is Burning. But that whole ball culture, which was primarily made up of um, Latinos, primarily Puerto Ricans, and African Americans or black youth, gay youth, transgender and gay youth, they were that was created because they were tired of the treatment that they were not only getting in larger culture, but also in white gay community and white transgender. That, that was created because a lot of the drag balls, they were not, you know, we think that and I think you said this before, that being um, an oppressed person doesn't necessarily make you uh, more sympathetic to other oppressed peoples. And so you saw this. There is still uh, bias and racism when it comes to the, uh, the gay community and the transgender community. And so they created their own. This was their safe space, if at least for that night, for them to be able to win and to be able to connect and form, you know, form families, as you were saying. So I have been all over this type of thing ever since um, seeing Paris is Burning for the first time. I've seen it twice. And it's really indicative. I think this show, and again, I'm not in the culture, so I can't say, but I've heard from a lot of people that this show is, is very indicative of what ball culture was in the 80s and continues to be today. And I, 
I just think it is it is a feel good thing. Like you were saying, there are there's so much going on. We're so polarized politically. I'm like, I just need something where you can feel good, even though there was the AIDS epidemic, even though there were there's something that about the the portrayal of the tight knit family that they had that with you know with the little drama that just does something for your spirit and especially that last episode oh my gosh i was like thank god because we needed something joyful <laughs> well it's I, all i can say for myself uh the only thing i knew about ball culture was dancing with the so-called stars so oh, I, I went into <laughs> i went into uh reviewing pose with nothing oh, oh that and um and vogue uh madonna's vogue and um that's all i really knew about it cultural so, appropriation go ahead <laughs> other than that cultural appropriation <laughs> allegedly well, the attorneys were glaring at me again um <laughs> so other than that um i know nothing but i i i, I could not believe how infectious the show was and some people basically ask uh tachi and i after we review a show, are we still watching it? What's going on with it? There is so much TV right now. Even when we give a show the rating of, you know, keep watching, we can't watch everything. Because we, mm -mm. we, we normally review a show every week. Or at least one show every week. Sometimes two. So we can't watch every show that's in existence. Even when they're good. Because this really is a golden, another golden age of TV. Especially the dramas have just been off the chain. Yes. Off the charts. So good. But this... I could not stop watching it. I watched every one of them. And this summer, it really was a ray of light. You would think it wouldn't be if the, because of the subject matter and the time it's happening. But, I mean, it was really a feel-good show. It really was. And the way they ended the first, uh, the, the first season, the final episode of this season... I really think that if if you if you basically uh, gave truth serum to Ryan Murphy and the creators of the show, they were not they did not think that show was coming back because they really gave you a satisfying. They bookended it. It felt like a complete story, even if the show had not come back. You had something you could watch to beginning to from beginning to end and feel satisfied that you got a real story. Yes, that's the thing, and you know everybody was saying I actually was am a part of a oppose kind of like fan group on Facebook and we were all watching it and live um live tweeting posting. well not tweeting because it wasn't Twitter but it was live posting on Facebook together and uh, to live me, facing yeah live facing <laughs> <laughs> we were live facing together and it was, well it was hilarious and it was fun and I was like I am so here for this so it it was just um it was just an amazing cultural experience because even if you are not transgender or gay or uh, or know any you don't know anything about those worlds or if you're not black or if you're not latino yeah. you you still understand the concept of being you know being cast out maybe not able not fitting in with your family or not you know you you understand those concepts most people can can identify with what that's like or at least well, basically know people. It, it's the show is universal because it goes to the core things of what what humanity wants humanity wants to be loved and accepted and that's the core of what we are as 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 people and so that's what the show basically does it's like people want to feel loved and accepted for who they are and um 
I, I really feel that anybody can watch this show. Um, I was actually just saying to somebody who actually is a friend of mine who is a Republican and she lives in deepest orangest County. And I was telling her, I think that she would like this show. So if, if, if I could tell a, a conservative to watch a show about transgender women of color in the eighties, then it's for everybody. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And if you haven't caught it yet, you can catch it uh, on demand as well as the FX app. Exactly. And I have something else to say about that. Obviously, we're not re-reviewing the show, but if we did, like, several, several thumbs up. I love the show. I love the actors. <laughs> Tachi, I love how you're giving there. this away. Just tell them to go listen to the episode where we, where we reviewed the show. And we, exactly. We went into I was... it in depth. I was going to say that next. If you're interested in hearing what we thought about Pose, go back and listen to our episode where we taught review. We review Pose and American Woman. So go back and listen to that episode. But I'm putting this yeah, out there. You really for should anybody. because a lot. Oh, I'm ahead, sorry. Scott, they really should go back and listen to it because a lot of people were saying initially when Pose uh, uh, aired, it wasn't doing very well in the ratings. But after our review, our glowing review came out, all of a sudden the, the uh, ratings just shot up. Now, I'm not saying that Tachi and I are influencers. I'm saying that other people are saying we are. Are the lawyers glaring at you now, Kevin? Because <laughs> they should be. <laughs> no, they're on, they're on their phones. They're not, they're not, this is no, no reason to look at me now. So I'm putting this out there to anybody affiliated with Pose, any of the actors, any, we want you on the show. Let me put oh, wait, that not, out there. Not, not just the actors. If you were behind the music selection. Yeah. The mu- anybody oh God, the connected The soundtrack to Pose. Pose is on point. You, so- how do they say in vernacular? You did the damn thing. Oh my goodness. I mean, I was rocking every single episode you the music selection is on point it is stellar so anybody connected with music the directing the i don't care who you are if you did if you did craft services oh, exactly i was gonna say please. the exact tachi yes <laughs> craft services what were they eating when they shot this particular scene please exactly. tell what their favorite snacks are exactly <laughs> if i don't give a damn who you were on set or behind the scenes, if you were the accountant for Pose, I want you. <laughs> we want to hear from we you. We want to hear from you. Please contact us at tvchanneling at gmail.com because we would love to have you on the show. We will, I, I mean, really, you all were just everything to us in that sense. So please, putting that out there. Wow. I, can you tell that we're fans? Can you tell? We're hiding it pretty well. Exactly. Exactly. To the point, and I don't like wearing other people's stuff on my chest. But I will wear a Pose T-shirt. Oh, oh, damn! That okay? Yes, you guys, are, you are beloved. <laughs> exactly. If Tachi's willing to wear your wear, you know. Now, see, until now, I was only willing to wear uh, Final Space merch. But yes, I would, I would, I would rock a Pose shirt. I'll do Final Space merch too, because you know I love sci-fi. That I'll was do our that yes, too. that's our show too. So, oh yeah, yeah we're and wearing, Doctor Who and Doctor yeah, oh, Who. so we're we're okay. We're willing to accept free merchandise <laughs> from any of these particular shows. Exactly, exactly. Let, let let's just put out that out there final space doctor who pose and some of the other people we review we'll we'll take your merch <laughs> so with with that you know what we had don't we have a new segment i'm excited oh my god we have a new segment it's like it's tv channeling uh uh email or tv channeling mailbag questions to t- we haven't named it yet we're gonna come it- up with a better name but for now today <laughs> that is the name 
Yeah, okay, you're quite you're you're not you're not just channeling, you're questioning. TV questioning. All right. Oh yeah, that's okay, that's it. TV questioning. Ooh. So <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yay. We are a work in progress, but we, we get it done. We On get the it fly. done. On the fly, apparently. All right, TV questioning. Our first TV questioning uh, question is actually an audio question. And if you want to do a TV question uh, uh, to Tachi and I, and you want to do an audio question, you can either email it to us, as this was emailed uh, to our uh, TV channeling at gmail.com, or you can actually uh, uh, do a question to us uh, via Anchor, our station on Anchor. So those 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 are two options you can uh, uh, to ask us questions with audio. But here is our very first audio question from an actual friend of the show. Hey, Tachi and Kevin. It's me, Anthony Tone Show Nunez, or as I like to call myself, the third TV channeler. And I got a question for you guys. Now, if Disney goes ahead with this purchase of Fox, it, they're saying that Disney's actually going to take Hulu and convert it into their own streaming service. And that'll, that'll make CBS All Access Disney's Hulu, Netflix, um, what do we got? Amazon Prime. It's how many streaming services is enough? Do you guys think there's still space for other streaming services? Do you think this whole streaming service thing is out of control? There's too many of them. Well, I would like to know what your guys take on that. As always, love what you guys do. Anthony Tone Show Nunez out. <laughs> yeah tone is he is the original friend of uh the show and thank you for that great question so yeah tachi let's talk about the news that actually has happened since tone sent us that question that deal has actually officially gone through uh uh it turns out that uh disney now is going to be owning uh all of fox except for fox news all of the Fox uh, uh, content is going to now be part of the Disney family. The biggest thing means Disney is going to own The Simpsons. Will The Simpsons be walking around Disneyland? What the hell is going on? That can only mean big things for them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you know how on The Simpsons, whenever they didn't put Bush Gardens, they put Duff Gardens, which makes sense because Duff is their beer. But <laughs> Duff now, beer for you, Duff, Duff beer, beer for, for me. me. I have a Duff, you have, have one too. too. <laughs> yes. No. So now they can actually make reference to these things because they're all the same properties. So it's going to I'm I want to see what they're going to be able to do humor wise with all of this, because, you know, they've poked fun at Fox for years. With, with oh, yeah, and, and, and in particular, uh, The Simpsons has had much fun making fun of Disney. So I, I wonder if oh, those yes. days are going to be over uh, now that they're uh, being folded into the family. And currently, uh, the Disney characters, I'm sorry, the, the Simpsons characters, uh, there's like a Simpsons land, uh, Springfield, at Universal Studios, Universal Florida, and I think some of the other Universals around the world, Universal uh, uh, Studios around the world. So the question is, how long is that deal good for that before those uh, characters leave uh, uh uh, leave uh, Universal and go over to Disney. So that's going to be big news. So what do you think of Tone's question? Do you think 
what do you think is going to happen with the streaming service world? Because one of the big news uh, things that happened a few months ago was when it was announced that Disney was going to be pulling out of their deal with Netflix and all of their like, you know, Marvel franchise properties were going to be folded in all of their Disney uh, animated and Pixar films were going to be uh, available through their own streaming service. And the question was initially is a streaming service that just contains Marvel properties and Disney properties enough to sustain a standalone streaming service? Well, I think that they've answered that question by going, yes, because now we're going to own everything over at Fox. And if you want to watch The Simpsons, uh, they're probably going to, you, you're going to have to basically uh, join up that particular, uh, their Disney streaming service. So would you like me to answer the question or would you? Yes, like to... I would. Okay, well, thank you very much. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, so here's the thing. You you brought up something really interesting when you talked about the standalone streaming services and Disney. Now, remember, there was, and we still don't know what's going to happen with it yet, Netflix. There's this whole thing between Disney and Netflix because, remember, Disney owned Star Wars. And so... There was a humming and hawing for a minute as to whether or not the Star Wars franchises were be, would continue to be available on Netflix because of this. We still don't have an answer as to what's happening because they're probably still negotiating that. But that calls into question this whole, this whole thing. My, my feeling, are there too many streaming services? Absolutely, there are too many. But when has that ever stopped industry, the media industry before? They see something that works well for one entity and everybody tries to replicate it. No, mm, well, this already happens. Can we do something different? No, it doesn't matter. It can be exactly the same thing, but our name is on it. This is what we've been seeing as a trend through the media industries. So obviously, yes, there are a lot. But having a standalone, I think some things are way too niche so as you were talking about the marvel properties and some of the other things that would work for people that are uh, are diehard marvel people people that are diehard star wars that that's fine maybe there are enough to sustain my guess probably not and at some point they're going to have to look at widening the pool of their offerings Hence, well, well, go ahead. well well, the reason why I think that this probably could work for them is I think that in this deal, they will get Hulu. And so I think yes. they will just turn Hulu into if, oh, my God, if they actually try to make Hulu one thing and then have a, a separate Disney thing, that would be a huge mistake. But if they basically fold Hulu and and combine that with the with the uh, with the Disney property, then that'll only make Hulu a more must have. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, streaming service, which means that all that other stuff is coming off of Netflix. Let's be <laughs> exactly. It'll, it'll come off, off of Netflix, Netflix, and then you'll also have like the hits on currently on Hulu, like a uh, Handmaid's Tale, with all the Marvel properties and all of the Fox properties. That could be that could put a dent in Netflix, as, it, as well as the with the movies. That could put a dent. Now the question to me is, can like something like CBS All Access survive no. with that kind of competition? No. Uh, you don't even have to finish the end of the question. No, uh, <laughs> right now they don't have a they don't have enough in their library. Who even? I'm sorry to say, but who even cares except for the few things that are there now? Okay, Big Brother behind the scenes. I don't care about that. So well, you get to see do. the contestants naked and showering. What about um, that? I see myself naked every day. That's fine. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see all of that. But you know, you get to see the contestants say super racist stuff that they would edit out of the show. Oh yeah, that's really what I want to see. 
anyway, I think it just, it, 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 they, no, they don't have enough properties until they start. They're just now starting with, with, um, you know, the proposed reboot of Twilight Zone. Also the uh, Star Star Trek um Discovery. They have Star Trek Discovery. Um, they also they also the good have fight. the good fight. And uh-huh. also the, what's what's premiering this fall is they have the reboot of Magnum PI. Great. Four new original things does not a streaming network make. I'm sorry. And so I don't think that they would uh until unless they either are looking at Picking up some acquisitions, partnering with some people, I don't think that would bide well for them if that happened. So, but this is another thing that people have to look at. This also further fragments your audience. We're already stretched thin with how many things we pay for every month outside of cable. So a lot of people have cut the cord, but remember, and I'm a cord cutter myself, but the thing about cutting the cord is that then this makes all your entertainment packages separate and it's $10 here, $10 here, $10 there, which can get expensive really quickly. So if you're doing things like, if they say they have the separate Hulu and then the separate Disney, uh, Marvel, whatever channel, that's problematic. So you're asking me now to subscribe to something else. I'm not going to do it. So at the end of the day, you can say what you like, but the consumer is king and queen here. You have to look at consumer trends, what consumers are willing to pay for, and if they're going to be willing to shell out another eight to $14 for your product. If not, then you damn well better find a way to fold everything into one. That's just my feeling. Well, my 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 uh, hope and not so secret prayer is that CBS All Access crashes and burns, um, <laughs> because I actually do love two of the shows. Star Trek Discovery is everything. They just released a trailer for Star Trek Discovery season two. It's a must see. If nothing else, must see that trailer. The trailer is everything, and the good fight is incredibly good. But those two shows are not enough to sustain a network. Those shows should be on CBS. Period. Not all access. Period. So that would actually make me watch CBS because right now I'm not watching anything on CBS. Yeah, I don't understand how it's still the number one network, but, you know, it is. Yeah, I get people are still watching The Big Bang Theory. God only knows why. Why are you people watching that? I don't get it. And anyway, I think it's on borrowed time. So, um... <laughs> I think it's already been renewed for two more seasons, but all right. That, okay, anyway. <laughs> no, it has been renewed for two more seasons, but that's it. I don't see it really survive, and I could be wrong, but I really don't see them doing anything new and fresh beyond these two Yeah, but years. you know, honestly, Tanchi, it's not over, because I think that once uh, that show ends, there will be a spinoff. Uh, oh yeah, one no, of the they're going to do a just like, just like um, uh, there's there's an end game plan apparently now for Modern Family, and there's plan for a spinoff for one of the kids to have a show when that when Modern Family ends. Just like there was, it was recently announced that the middle, uh, uh, one of the characters from the middle, the uh, the daughter, the oldest daughter, the only daughter, Sue, is going to have a spinoff show. And so, I can totally see that. Yeah, so definitely there the the there's lot there's still being Chuck Lorre's gonna be making money off of Big Bang Theory just literally when dinosaurs rerule the earth, he will still be making residual cash. And that's fine. Just get rid of Big Bang as it is. Spin it off. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing it. So, All right. So I think we have uh, uh and and I I agree as far as in there's it, it there's only so much money people have. People have cut the cord. I think people are willing to have instead of paying for a a huge uh cable package or a huge 
uh, uh, let's say, uh, satellite package to pay for a couple of streaming services. But I can't see more than that. Apple TV is trying to make their way a foray into original programming. So they're another ones trying to dig into your pocket as well. I think it's just too many. Um, and uh, I think that if Hulu and Disney become one and they have more properties all together under one roof yes because there are people that are currently paying for hulu already if you fold all the disney properties in then i think people would conceivably have hulu and netflix and live a happy life but more than that more division is yeah no some of these things are gonna have to start merging and becoming one entity to keep getting our money Absolutely. so it's uh uh one more thing before we wrap up our show we have one more question for our new TV questioning segment. This one comes from Twitter and it comes from Ask Mark Ward. So at Ask Mark Ward. Uh, in this age where we long for the comfort, uh, uh, the comforts of how things used to be, um, what shows would you like to see revived? And if you had the choice, uh, but to name one. I'm sorry, but you had no choice but to name one. Which would it be and why and what changes, if any, would you make? Let me get that one first, because I think we all already know the answer to this one. For me, it would be a different world. I that was such a game changing show in terms of uh, displaying uh, black college students, black college students, uh, issues and the things that go well and life on an HBCU campus, which had never been seen before. You know, obviously Spike Lee had school days. So you started to get a, it was all in that time in the um, late eighties and early nineties. So I would definitely reboot that. The changes I would make, I would have, um, uh, well, Dwayne Wayne already kind of taught at Hillman. So I would have him there be like maybe the chair of the, um, like the science department there at Hillman. I would have, um, I would have, um, Zoe Kravitz come back as a student at Hillman, because as we know, Denise never finished, um, at Hillman. She did go to NYU though. So I would have her, uh, come back, uh, Zoe Kravitz be there as a student there and continue the, the good work at Hillman. And I think there's a renewed interest in HBCUs now, especially because Beyonce's uh, performance at Coachella featured um, HBCU culture from fraternities and sororities to band culture. So there's been this renewed interest, whether it's superficial or not, there's a renewed interest in historically black colleges and universities. So I think this is the time to reboot different world. What say you, wow, Kevin? Wow, that's interesting. Well, I have to say right now, Tanchi, if you're if you get your wish and they do reboot a different world, I will be first one with a picket sign to boycott the reboot of a different world because that show is a spinoff of the Cosby Show and it would be lining the pockets of one Bill Cosby. No, we can. We have to do it in a way where he doesn't get paid. He, there is no way. So no, do not reboot a different world because no, do not give that man another penny. All right. So if I had to reboot a show, I'm going to be insanely daring. I'm going to go where a lot of people wouldn't go. I'm that brave. I would reboot the Brady Bunch. How would I change it? I have a couple of different changes. Either you could the less brave way to, to reboot uh, a different, I mean, uh, I almost said a different world, to reboot the Brady Bunch would be to have something different from the original show would just be to have 
two fa- two couples get two people get together that have three children uh, uh each have three children but unlike the original brady bunch they actually have exes they never mentioned what happened to the original parents we just assumed that they were both a widow and a widower but what if they had exes and they had family drama from the uh from their other parents and trying to have a true blended family where you have ghost of the past relationship and all all that drama dealing with that that would be a modern version of the brady bunch but let's make it more modern what if the brady bunch was inst- uh was a biracial couple where you had like say mm. Asian woman with a Hispanic man or a a white man with a black woman uh, with three lovely girls. That would be pretty groundbreaking. But Kevin, can you break more ground? Yes, I can. What if the Brady Bunch was were two gay couples, two gay men with each having three three children or two lesbian women each having uh three children or better yet a biracial lesbian couple having three children. You can't stop me. You you want the net you you want to be picketed by the uh great again people, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and did I mention that one of the two uh, the two lesbians supports Voldemort? Yeah, I'm edgy. Wow. Wow. <laughs> but do you think that's just too much and here's the thing about reboots. I know where they're not the supposed to be the same. You know, they're not the reimaginings are supposed to be different. But the reboots, I think people have an expectation for them to stay somewhat along the trajectory they were going. So even if well, there but, are changes, well, but, but, no, the, the, there's some things you can't change. The Brady Bunch at the core is about two different people that each have three children one one of the couple has three girls and one of them has three boys and they get together and they're having a life and they have a housekeeper named al or alice al see it's a guy this time and um yeah so that to me would be enough that's the core now if that couple is biracial or if the couple is even gay or lesbian as long as they have three children of the opposite sex on each side and they have some kind of housekeeper slash nanny living with them whose name starts with an a that to me is the core of what the show is supposed to be about but even if you do it the the, the simplest way where you just have two white uh, a white couple that each have three children but this time she has an ex-husband he has an ex-wife and they are in their children's lives and each other's lives and they're trying to make this blended family work with the echoes of people from other families they have grandmothers uh they have mothers-in-law and and fathers-in-law from their ex their 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 first marriage all in their family that would be the reality it was too convenient and too pretty in the original brady bunch to have they never even mentioned the uh the the kids never mentioned their the girls never mentioned their father that was gone the boys never mentioned their mother that was gone that was too convenient even if they were widowed they didn't even seem to have uh uh, grandparents or anything from the other side so to me if you're reimagining the brady bunch that's the way to reboot it and make it modern and more real well, how about we just take the ideas that both of us had and make completely new and separate shows aside from these these original <laughs> franchises because they could be new and separate shows. Oh, you know what? Let's let's make it happen, Tachi. All right. 
Well, that brings us to the end of a very long TV channeling, but it was so worth it because we had a lot of great news and we're so long, so glad that you all hung in there with us. And Kevin, thanks for being here today. I so appreciate you as usual. Aw, and you know I appreciate you. Sometimes I know that. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you make it known. (laughs) You know the love is 24-7. Okay, okay. (laughs) So why don't you tell them, or should I tell them how they can reach us? Yeah, how can they listen to us? And is there any new outlets where people can listen to us or they couldn't listen to us before? Oh, leading with the leading questions. Yeah, so you can actually listen to us on... I, well, it's actually Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, we're on, oh gosh, I'm so used to saying iTunes, I messed it up, so Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, so Apple Music, SoundCloud, uh, Podbean, which is tvchanneling.com, you can go there and hear us, and we're also on Spotify, so you can hear us on what? Spotify. We're well. on Spotify now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are also on Spotify, so you can listen to us in any one of those ways. But of course, you can always go, as I said, to tvchanneling.com and listen to us that way, which takes you through Podbean. But while you're there, we would actually love it if you would subscribe and leave a review, a good review. Oh my God. Well, first of all, if you managed to listen to this whole super long, super sized TV channeling news edition, then you definitely need to subscribe and you need to give us a rating. And not one, not two, not three, not four. We need all five stars because you're the real stars, the fans of TV channeling. You cleaned that up real well. You're the real heroes. <laughs> you cleaned that up really Take nicely. that, firefighters. Unless you're a fighter fighter that listens to TV channeling, you are really the real hero. Wow, you just keep digging us deeper into this <laughs> hole of no return. Oh my, the attorneys are glaring at me again. They've, they've been glaring at you the whole episode. <laughs> The entire episode. So if you want to reach us, there are a myriad of ways that you can get to us on social. Oh, I did forget in terms of reaching us, you can email us tvchanneling at gmail.com in case you want to ask a question like the two wonderful individuals did at the end. So now, Kevin, where can they find us on social? Oh, my God. We are everywhere on social. We are on the book that's in your face. We're gramming and we're Insta. And we're also snapping the chats. So we're all those places. And we're on my personal favorite, Twitter. So if you want to be the next person featured on TV questioning. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Is TV questioning its sexuality? Uh, Who cares? The point is, if you you have a question for us. (laughs) You know what? TV TV is cable curious. But anyway. Wow. If you have a question for us uh, about the show, about us individually, or uh, 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 there's a show that you want us to review, or if there's something going on in the news that you want to hear Tachi and Mai's take uh, take on, let us know. We would love to hear from you. And you could be the next person on TV questioning. Fantastic. But you don't have to be questioning anything but us. And with that, we're going to wrap it up because we you've spent far too long with us, but we appreciate every minute. It's because of you we do this. And I'll sign off by saying bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it for a long time. A long ass time. Cheers. Bye. Bye.